Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Roundtable Sports Podcast. My name is Taylor McLean. Today, we're going to be talking about the Kansas City Chiefs' 43-16 victory over the Denver Broncos. Kansas City is always one of my favorite watches because they're so innovative and they have Patrick Mahomes, who is my favorite player in the NFL. Certainly, Patrick has had better days from a statistical standpoint, but I can tell you that there was nothing wrong with Patrick on this day. He still looks healthy. He looks like he's got everything he needs. I can just tell you it was cold. They were in Denver and they got a lot of help from their special teams and their defense. You put all those things together and throw in the fact that the Denver Broncos didn't really push the Kansas city chiefs very hard. You know, 16 doesn't even really represent how bad it was because Denver scored a late touchdown with Melvin Gordon, which we'll get to. But we're talking about Patrick Mahomes here. And like I said, he just the Chiefs weren't pushed today. They didn't have to really put their foot on the pedal at any point. And while Patrick was in there for most of the game, except for the last drive, they were running the ball intermittently and keeping the defense off balance. And while the Denver Broncos defense did a pretty good job of getting the Kansas City Chiefs off the field at certain points, it still didn't lead to anything significant, especially when their offense kept putting the defense back on the field, especially when the offense wasn't doing much and the special teams really factored in as well. So you put all those factors together and it leads to 23 passes from Patrick Mahomes on a day where you would have expected a lot bigger things if you hadn't known that it was going to snow and that things were going to happen the way they happened with a pick six with a return touchdown. So those type of things, by the time it was time for Patty to really turn on the Jets, he didn't have to. They could rely on the run a bit. And Denver wasn't really offering much on offense to push them to say, hey, you really have to keep your foot on the pedal. And that's happened a bit more. The Chiefs don't have as much to prove as they did in years past. You know, with the, you know, with the Super Bowl, they kind of know what their formula is now. And they're kind of just battening down and trying to stay healthy, win as many games as they can. And maybe trying to push themselves to the number one seed keeps them in the game as far as pushing the ball down the field. It does worry me a bit for Patrick that they have the ability to run the ball so much better, and it doesn't seem like they're on a mission to really blow out the stats this year. I mean, they would if they had to, absolutely, but they don't have as much to prove as they have in years past. You know, 49 TD seasons are really born out of having something to prove and having a worse defense. You know, the Chiefs aren't a complete dumpster fire on defense like they haven't been in years past. Their key pieces are healthy at this point, and they're playing decent defense. And, of course, I think today was more of a function of the Denver offense than it was the Chiefs' defense. But still, having Chris Jones in there, having Frank Clark, having Tyron Matthew, having these pieces they can move around to make tackles and make plays on the money plays is key. Sorenston made the big pick six, too. That was beautiful for them. So they've been a lot better on defense and in the running game, which has meant that Patrick hasn't had to push himself as hard in the passing game, which is what you need from your fantasy performers. I think something I've glossed over this year that I want to make clear is that the best fantasy situations are sometimes born out of more desperation. You know, the 
quarterbacks that provide the most value are the quarterbacks that have the most on their shoulders. That's why Big Ben and Matthew Stafford haven't been as valuable this year because there's less on their shoulders than ever. You know, we're used to having it all on them versus now they're running the ball a little bit better and they're trying to keep their somewhat aging quarterbacks a little bit healthier, which is smart football. And it's smart football for the Kansas City Chiefs to be able to run the ball more effectively. And having CEH back there and having Le'Veon Bell back there has led to a lot better running back play. They've been run blocking better. And and like I've been telling everybody, the more successful actual NFL defenses, you don't know whether they're going to run or pass on you. And the Chiefs have created that air, even though they don't have an extremely dominant offensive line. You have to respect Patrick Mahomes. You have to respect all the weapons they have on the outside and Travis Kelsey up the middle so the running game has space to operate because of that and honestly the passing game has a better efficiency when the running game is a part of it as well so it's not the same Kansas City team that Patrick succeeded with in the past the second round pick may be a little bit much And if you're trying to trade for Patrick, I'm absolutely on board with that. They're going to be pushed harder than the Denver Broncos did today. So I definitely like Patrick going forward. It's just I have a feeling that the person that drafted him is probably has too much sunk cost into Patrick to really trade him for anything less than a value like that. And it may not be worth it at this point. But I think that person probably must be desperate at other positions. And if he had, might have had an injury, I think Patrick is still absolutely someone to target, even though he didn't have to push himself today. He still absolutely looks healthy and he looks like he has everything he needs to succeed. It's just with the running game being more intact and not getting pushed by the other offense led to a lackluster day. I, miss, I mentioned Le'Veon and Clyde Edwards-Alaire. They both looked good. I love the way Le'Veon was running the ball behind the line and really making the moves. I still like the way CEH runs the ball too. He ended up getting the touchdown and still seems to be the lead back at this point. But I think having them both there and both running the ball is probably going to cannibalize what value you might have had as one of them uh, could be a running back one if they used him that way. But even to the point, Clyde Edwards-Alaire hasn't been able to consistently push the value like you thought he might when he was drafted as a running back one. Everybody was kind of trying to see and squint and see Brian Westbrook in this offense, but it's just not the way it's worked out. And then having Le'Veon in there on top of that, who Le'Veon looks like he could potentially take over and be the better back because he is more experienced and he does seem to hit the holes harder and really find the holes more is what I'm, what I'm thinking. But uh, I just think it's going to cannibalize both their values. You want to have both of them rostered because if one of the other goes down, then this is, he's definitely still a back to own. I'd love to see what Le'Veon could do with this role by himself, because I can tell you that Le'Veon still has burst. It was never his fault in the Jets situation. The Jets are an absolute dumpster fire that he was trying to save and really just, you know, it was a good thing for him to get out of there. So I'm happy for him and I'm happy that for the Kansas city offense, cause I think this means big things for him, them to have him and CEH to be able to use both of them to put defenses off guard and to run the ball. Now, what my prediction was earlier in the year, and this makes it even more firm with having Le'Veon back there, is it might affect the volume of the passing game, both for Patrick and for the weapons, the weapons all look healthy. Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Hardman, 
not Sammy Watkins, obviously. They all look healthy. So they're out there, they're playing, but Patrick slings the ball around, and sometimes the eyes are on those weapons, and people like DeMarcus, people like Marcus Kemp, people like Miko Hardman, who looked like he was going to have a big day and then failed off when they stopped pushing the ball. And then you throw in this Nick Kaiser as the backup tight end. I mean, even he looks like he has a little bit of something in there. So there's too many weapons right now, and there's not enough focus on one to truly produce the values that we wanted from these players. They have the talent. It's just the way things have worked out so far and the way things are working with the running game being more proficient and them not having to lean on the throwing game and not having to push the ball with that as much. It's just leading to lower overall values for your chief's weapons. So it does lead to me to some concern from a fantasy aspect, but from a football aspect, everybody in Kansas city should be excited because there's definitely something to having this air where you can do all these different things and having Eric Bieniemy teamed up with Andy Reid is certainly the way to go. I can't believe that guy didn't get a job this year. And you know what? I hope the Cowboys fire Mike McCarthy after one year and hire this guy to run their offense. Cause I can cl- clearly tell that this guy has more going on. If, if, if he is in charge of this offense, like I think he is. Now, obviously, having Andy Reid there, having all Patrick Mahomes, all these things, everybody looks good with Patrick Mahomes, I would imagine. But still, I think with Dak healthy, they would have the ability to do something with that. So we'll see. I think people are going to be fighting for his services this time around. So good for him. I appreciate that he stayed instead of taking a crappy situation, too. I just hope he gets a good one. And I think he's going to have his pick of the litter when it comes time. So mild concern on a fantasy level for the Chiefs, but not on a football level. We're talking complete concern for the Denver team. The Broncos have seen better days in this, and I believe that they have more talent than the score would indicate. You know, the line hasn't been an absolute dumpster fire. They're able to rush, run the ball intermittently. Uh, and really, I see a lot of power runs from this team that I like when I was trying to figure out who I was going to make the highlight reel for the Denver Broncos, it was kind of a question of, do I go with the guy that threw two interceptions and really didn't convert on third down? Or do I go with the guy that fumbled twice, but did score a touchdown and was running hard. And I ended up opting for Melvin Gordon because I just didn't really have a lot of positive things to say about Drew Locke and his performance today. And you know what? He can make throws from time to time, and he certainly seems like he has enough athletically, but it doesn't seem like he's making good decisions all the time yet. It doesn't seem like he has an o- the overwhelming arm talent that I like to see from a guy that I'm still trying to develop. And I, I get that when you take Cortland Sutton away, when you take a number one receiver off of the top of your receivers, which – It's hard to say whether he's a number one receiver overall or not, but man, the guy makes catches and makes plays for his quarterback and Drew Locke was able to throw it up and have a little bit more trust in Cortland Sutton down the field that he hasn't been showing as much with his other receivers. The other thing is that he's not really giving his receivers a chance to go and get the ball, Drew Locke, um, when he throws it deep. It's kind of the same thing I was seeing with Baker. It kind of seems like he's forcing the ball down the field. And because the arm talent isn't there and because he's forcing it, it's just not working. 
and it's bogging down drives. It's there, he's not converting third downs. He's not converting the money plays. There's a lack of passing touchdowns. He had he did pull a read option for a touchdown on the running end, and it does look like he can run, but it doesn't seem like he's able to hit the open field really with his speed, and he hasn't really been pulling the ball down and running it with a lot of success. So it's just not offering a lot as far as, you know, putting eyes on other parts of the offense, and they can really load up on the running game where the Denver Broncos are strong. And uh, I just wish Drew Locke was able to play off of that more it's kind of weird that I wish this guy would be a little bit more like Kirk Cousins and be able to play off the play action. And at least Kirk Cousins gives his receivers chances to catch it. This guy isn't giving his receivers chances to catch it right now. And you have to have that trust, even if they may not be trustworthy because you're down in your wide receiver options, you got to go for it. It just felt like there was a lack of go for it. And that's a weird thing to say about a team that should have, I mean, I get that it was snowing, but you can't just pack it in. And you know what? It was snowing, so that made everybody a lot more conservative in this game. So I'm trying to paint the Chiefs with that as well. But the Chiefs thing was something I had been thinking about before. So that's not something that just came up because it was a snow game. It's something that came up because this is what's been happening. So Drew Locke, not a great day. Certainly you know, probably could have made the highlight film there and looked at his actual completions, but I felt like I'd be leaving out the money plays and it would be a misrepresentation of what actually happened in this game. And people will get the wrong idea that I like Drew Locke as a top 20 NFL quarterback. I'm not so sure yet. And because I don't like the arm talent as much now, it's not an Andy Dalton situation where there's nothing to work with down the field. It's just more inaccuracy, and it's more that he has to put too much on it. Kind of like Baker was having to put too much on it to get it down the field. Same thing with Drew Locke right now. Either that or he's just pressing or whatever it is. He's just not giving his guys a chance to get it in the money plays, and it's costing the Denver Broncos. And I got to think that Denver fans are kind of wondering what they're going to do from this point forward. You know, John Elway has done a good job of identifying talent outside of the quarterback position. And it feels like that he's gone with more Hail Marys than sure things. And the other thing is Denver has never really bottomed out. You know, you never really got down there at a point when you were looking for a quarterback where you were in a position to really draft one high. But then again, you know what? Sometimes it's not drafting him high. Sometimes it's drafting the right ones. Sometimes it's drafting Lamar Jackson. Sometimes it's drafting Dak. Sometimes it's just getting the evaluations right. And it seems like Elway has good evaluations of everything else but this position he's played so far. And it makes me wonder. And I got to think Broncos fans are frustrated with this season and the way the past seasons have gone. And this should go to show you everyone that has a quarterback should thank their lucky stars because – they're hard to find and it's not an easy thing to play quarterback in the NFL. Everything has to be going right. You have to have the protection. You have to have the weapons. You have to have the right coordinator. It's a whole thing. And that's the reason that there aren't 32 Super Bowl winners. Well, because there's only one Super Bowl, but there aren't 32 contenders all the time because there aren't 32 good quarterbacks in the league at any given time. There's more than there ever has been, it feels like, with Herbert, with all these people coming on and the young quarterbacks at this point. But we'll see how it goes. I want to see more from Drew Locke. I'm going to watch him next week, too, to see, you know, if he can improve on this. And maybe it was the snow game. But still, he leaves me unimpressed, which leaves me unimpressed with the Denver options in the passing game. I like the talent of Noah Fant, 
but I'm just not sure with the way the passing game is going that I'm excited about him. They're also using Nick Vanette, who I also like. So that kind of caps the upside there. You know, Tim Patrick has had some big days, and I like him from a talent standpoint, but with the lack of upside in the offense, with the amount of options they're using, I mean, I'm looking at five or six different guys here who had at least two catches. So they're spreading the ball around. We like situations where somebody's getting peppered with targets, not spread the ball around for fantasy purposes. And because, like I said, Drew Locke isn't locked in on anybody, and because he's got a lack of arm talent, uh, probably a – I mean, it's not – like I say, it's not as bad as some of the worst arms I've ever seen play in the NFL, that's for sure. He's got something, but it's not top-end talent. It's not top 15 talent where he's Carson Wentz and he's able to drive the ball downfield. He's able to kind of get the ball downfield. There's a big difference. And and like I said, it affects everything in the passing game. If I'm really looking at fantasy options for the Denver attack, it's probably going to be the running game. You know, they had been splitting carries between Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon, and that's definitely something they should continue to do, given health for everyone. I like the way they were kind of lightning and thunder. And, you know, Philip is good in space when you can get him out into space. And I like having Melvin as more of the banger between the tackles. Yeah, it's good to have both of those things when you can help it. And you could tell that they were probably going to still use Melvin in the lead role because they had paid him, even though Phillip did look absolutely look explosive. He took a big hit. And for some reason, I don't think it was called um, in the middle of this game. And once that happened, he was done. He didn't practice on Wednesday. So we're probably looking at Melvin Gordon by himself in this game. Although they did bring in Royce Freeman at times once this game was kind of out of hand. So we'll probably look to see him a little bit more, but it'll still be Melvin Gordon's backfield and he'll probably be getting the money touches for this offense. So if I was interested in anything, it's probably Melvin Gordon. But the thing is, I think Philip Lindsay will be back. And I think that will sap a little bit of the upside from Melvin Gordon. It's more like Melvin got a star in Mario. He's going to be superhuman for a little bit because he's going to be handling more of the touches. But because the offense is capped with Drew Locke, I don't still don't think that it's a situation that I'm running for. I just think I'm more excited if I have Melvin because while he was still going to get the goal line looks likely and probably get the bulk of the touches, they were still mixing Philip Lindsay in there because he has juice and you need to have two guys at any given time that can scare the defense a little bit. And they had that going. And while Royce Freeman, I think has talent, I'm just not sure he strikes the same fear as Philip Lindsay does. So I think Melvin Gordon will be getting more pop than he would have otherwise. So I guess I'm excited about that. Just Like I said, I'm kind of avoiding Denver a little bit otherwise just because I'm not sold on the offense overall. And while they have juice and while they have pieces, I just think they need to look themselves in the mirror and figure out where they're going from here. And there are a lot of good quarterbacks in the draft this year, so I don't think they should stave off being really bad. I'm, I know it's hard to watch your team lose, but having good draft picks in the NFL is how you get better. And certainly – you know, you own your first round pick. So you should definitely look towards what that's going to be because I don't see Denver making the playoffs this year as presently constituted. And like I said, while John Elway is making good evaluations, other places, we just want to see more from Drew and we'll get our chance to see if he's got what it takes for the rest of the season. So we'll need to keep a close eye on him and see what we think going forward and whether we're willing to commit from that from the Denver Broncos side. 
Well, anyway, I'll be watching both these teams closely. I love Patrick Mahomes, and I, I'm interested to see what Denver can do with the rest of this year. So we'll see, see what they go with. I hope everybody enjoyed this. hope it was useful information. Like, listen, subscribe, and check out the videos. Certainly going to be working on all those things to bring you the content going forward because we're getting towards crunch time where we need to make the good trades and then we'll need to be making good decisions as far as who to look at and who to pick up going down the stretch. So keep with me in the inaugural season of the Roundtable Sports Podcast. I'll look to you next time.